Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see movies. Then we go immediately to the microphone and we talk about those movies and give you our very spicy, hot impressions. My name's Robbie Anderson. I'm your hostess with the mostess and I'm joined by my co-hostess with the mostess. Jack Kaljeski. That's the one. How you doing, Jack? Doing good. Yeah? We just saw a movie. We just saw a movie. I'm ready to talk about it. It's a sharp tail. It's a sharp whodunit. I've brought my blade. My blades. You are a knife boy. Knife's out. Knife's out. We saw Knives Out, directed by um, outcasted forlorn director Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Um, yeah, so we saw Knives Out. Knives Out is yeah. kind of a... Is a classic whodunit in the vein of, you know, those Agatha kind of Christie, I Agatha think Christie, is the big one, yeah, Clue. Yeah. Uh huh. Have you seen Clue? It's just like it's just like Murder Clue. on the Orient Express that you and 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 Mike famously podcasted on. Oh, that was a, that was a good that was a good episode. That was a good show. Yeah, that was, was a good that one. one was fun. Yeah. So yeah, we saw this new Ryan Johnson join his first movie since uh, Last Jedi, written and directed Star Wars movie. Uh, is that correct? I believe so. Let me check the tape. It says the credit said a film by Ryan Johnson. I think the implication is that it's written and directed by. So him that's that what I would take from that. But it's certainly directed. I don't know about written. It is definitely. Uh, it was written by him. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's hmm. he is he is he is a director that writes and directs a lot of. His own movies. Yes. I think uh, Brick, one of my personal favorites, was written Love and directed Brick. by Ryan Johnson. Brothers Bloom, I think, was written and directed by him. Looper was too, Looper, right? I think he worked on Looper. I don't know this off the top of my head. I might have to check IMDb. But I believe yeah. that um, actually somebody there is somebody else involved with Looper that I think is one of the guys that was actually involved with... Um, Oh, it's that other time travel movie. We're derailed so quickly here. Uh, uh, he's the only writing credit on Looper. He is. Okay. Yeah. I thought that... that uh, shit. Primer. I haven't seen Primer. I think that somebody from Primer was involved in Looper, and you should see Primer. Holy cool. shit. I'm into it. That is one of the coolest time travel movies there is. Um, to talk about this movie that doesn't have to do with time travel, despite its maybe nonlinear nature, is... What is your hot take on Knives Out? Jack? I really like this movie. I mean, I kind of yeah. expected I would. There's not a Ryan Johnson movie out there that I have not no. liked so far. I would say that we're pretty big Ryan Johnson boys. Yeah. Um, we're ride or die Last Jediers. For um, sure. Don't at me. If you do, we'll fight. You can at me. Yeah, you can I at Jack. I might not respond to you, but I'll you respond. can go for it. I'll call you a fucking idiot. Um, this is good. This is good audio <laughs> right off the bat. Oh my god, I had no idea the stories when people didn't. What? They like, they like Last Jedi? Do you remember when we were at Quinn's and Burge had our uh, top five or top ten videos that he was playing? Yeah. So there was this couple in there and they like, they're like, oh, you guys, it was before the theater even opened. They're like, oh, story screen, this is so cool. Oh my god, you're doing this thing. I think it was before like the Oscars. Oh, yeah, um, I remember this. And they're like, why you guys like Last Jedi? What the fuck? And we're like, yeah, a lot of us like Last Jedi. Yeah. In fact, it's almost unanimous. Guess what? Nice fucking out. Let's go. Tink, tink. Um, you know what, Jack? I think I agree with you. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. I really enjoyed Knives Out. Um, I was very impressed by it. I, I had a feeling that the film was going to kind of go against my expectations, but the <clears> way that it kind of... Uh, plays within the sandbox of its genre, I thought was very interesting Definitely. and very unexpected. It it's um, I mean, kind of the whole name of the game, I think, in those kind of murder whodunits is to subvert your expectations because Agreed. the whole idea is you're not supposed to know who done it. Yes. Um, Without saying too much in our spoiler-free territory, this movie does definitely subvert expectations in a lot of clever and interesting ways. Yeah. In a way, I don't think, you know, there's not a lot of like original whodunit movies being made nowadays no in, I think, this, in this particular fashion i think people who make whodunit movies nowadays it's it's something that's adapted from a long exactly. beloved property yes. that maybe has a few creative licenses involved but i think a lot of people you know uh they play in the sandbox as expected yeah where it is the least likely scenario not right. so much what's happening here um, and I feel like everything, like you just said about the film, you can kind of apply to Ryan Johnson's other movies. Oh, for sure. I mean, you can say about Brick. You can say 100%. about Brick. You can even say about, like, Looper to a certain extent in the sci-fi genre. You can yeah. definitely say about Last Jedi. Right. Making, you know, Star Wars a genre in itself. 
uh, which he likes to play in that box as well. Even Brothers Bloom. I mean, I haven't he, seen Brothers he, Bloom. He, that he, one I haven't seen. Ryan Johnson is really good at kind of creating mysteries that I think are really good because he has very strong characters written around those mysteries. It's yeah. not just a puzzle box no. in, in, in its, for its own sake. It is, it is really good characters who all come together and are wrapped up in a mystery. Like that's why I think Brick is so good. It has mm-hmm. so many good standout uh, performances and great character work in it. Um, Brothers Bloom, same yeah. reason. Uh, Last Jedi, I think, is also mm. fits in that mold, even though it's within the whole Star Wars canon. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, Last Jedi is like, I read an article that was like talking about how Last Jedi is like kind of a noir in like a way you wouldn't expect. Sure. And I wish I kind of had more of that info because it's not so much like the seeking of an answer, but I think it's like through like Ray's uh, journey to find herself, there's like noir elements to that. Right. Um, and. Oh, it was in the birth movie's death uh, Star Wars issue that just came out. Oh, ah, okay. Good. Yes. Cool. Recommend that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, Ryan Johnson just very much like kind of knows specific genres and, and really knows how to kind of like bend them to his will yeah. or, you know, make them do something that you wouldn't expect or do something very interesting. Um, and yeah, he's definitely doing that here. Yeah, I I think one thing that that stands out to me about this movie is it has that kind of timeless classic feel immediately to it that you would associate with those kind of whodunit movies or stories, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to like the original Agatha Christie books. Um, And then it also has, you know, it is also modern and current. Very very nuanced. Um, Almost, I don't want to say modern to its detriment, but there's some jokes that like there are a couple jokes they'll in there that age, might they'll not. age out of 2019. Sure, yeah. yeah. But overall, I think mm-hmm. kind of the the core themes and ideas of this movie are very current. Yeah, um, that kind of you know are inherently wrapped up in this mystery, but are like kind of a greater sort of you know thematic context for what's going on right now, which I don't want to say anything yeah. in this non-spoiler I territory. think the uh, the heart of the story is not quite about a whodunit, but about something else. Yeah. Yeah. I we think can, so too. Yeah, yeah we can yeah, talk yeah. about that. We don't want to get, it. like, it's one of those movies because you it's a can't, whodunit. You don't want to do any spoilies. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I, and and uh, there's, it's it would be very easy to give away yeah. a lot of this movie very quickly because of its whodunit nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but walking away from that stuff, I would say that <clears throat> technically I think it's really impressive in that it just, there's a lot of like really close up shots of faces in this yeah. movie. Well, I think so much of like mystery is, is facial react. It's yeah. LA noiring the, yes. the movie, yes. you know, where it's like, are they lying? Are yeah. they doing this? You know? Yeah. And, um, I, and also like the, the, a lot of it takes place within this one mansion, this one yeah. house. Um, which is also a great setting. I think the house is really the, visually interesting. The aesthetics of the whole thing kind of, I think, lend to what you were saying earlier about it feeling like a an old, like a classic. Yes. You know? And then I think uh, all the performances are great. You like this? I think one of yeah. the most standout things about this movie is the cast is fucking stacked. Amazing. Great cast. I mean, yeah. Daniel Craig, Anna De Armas, Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. Um, Tony Collette. Tony Collette's in there. Um, Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer's in there. Jaden Martell, the kid from It. <laughs> yeah, the tall kid. Uh, Ricky Lindholm, who is one half of uh, Garfunkel and Oates. They're like a comedy duo. She's also in that show, Last Period. Um, okay. On Coming Central. She's very funny. Yeah. Um, you've also got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis yep. in there. Uh, you've got, um, what's Chris, her husband? Did we say Chris Evans? I think we said Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans. Uh, Ana <clears throat> de Armas. I said that uh, already. She's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Just to confirm. And, uh, um, Michael Shannon. Yes, Michael Shannon. Don Johnson. Don Johnson. That's who I was trying yeah. to think of. Basically. It's a good cast. The cast is incredible. It's a very good cast. Um, and they all are very, very good. And especially, they have such good, um. Chemistry. Yeah, but like you know, in that chemistry, in the way where it's like they all get along, like kind of like oh yeah, anti chemistry. Yeah, I mean, you can have more of an antagonistic relationship sure. and have good chemistry, mm-hmm. right? And it's they are a very to set this up. It is a uh, uh, a very wealthy family. Yeah, 
the head of the family, the grandfather to most uh, in the family. Uh, I would say father, father to grandfather. Most, yeah, yeah. Uh, he winds up dead at mm-hmm. the beginning, near the beginning of this movie, and then the whodunit is Daniel Craig as a private investigator, not a police officer, helping the police. Yeah, get to the bottom of the mystery. And uh, everyone's fucking awesome. It's it's very good. Yeah. No, I was uh, I was very. There's like it's almost like a twist, but there's like a moment in the film where I was like, "Oh, this is what this yeah, is yeah. what they're starting to go for." Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's, it's a very like layered movie, and I think it's something that only like you know someone who really knows the kind of labyrinth of a job. I feel like movies like this can be like very easy or very hard to write. I imagine I don't want to say I don't want to say I don't want to say easy, but just kind of like. You know, there's certain conventions you know you can play with. Yes. Because there's, I don't think, that many whodunits compared to, like, other genres of film. You Probably know? not. And no. especially in a modern context. So it's kind of like, how do I do this and make it fresh? And and he does it such, it's such an elegant solution that he figures out that's very, like, you know, it, it's really only a pivot that makes it so different from other movies. Yes. You know, and I really like that about it. And we're dancing around it now, but we, we will talk about that post-spoilers. <laughs> but there is kind of a core twist to this that mm-hmm. makes it feel very fresh yes. i think and it, it shifts the perspective in a way that i think is really cool yeah i totally agree uh other things to talk about before breaking the spoilers probably not too much because again it's one we of those don't movies, want to spoil the it's flag. one of those movies that is definitely better enjoyed if you've not if you don't know any the less yeah. you know the better off you are except i will say daniel craig's accent in this movie it's another good very good daniel craig accent yeah um what was the one with uh channing tatum not last year, I think the year Is before. Is it Lucky Logan? Logan? Lucky. I didn't Logan see Lucky. Logan Lucky. That's another good he does it accent. I feel like he's kind of a different. In Grand Budapest, he has like a weird voice in that movie too. He's good at doing like really distinct accents. Yeah, he's, and he's almost also, doing the Frank. Um, what's his last name from House of Cards? Oh, uh, yeah. um, what's his face? Is the canceled celebrity who yeah. we don't talk about yes, anymore? We can't even say his name. Yeah, he should. Who should not be named? Our brain is our brains. I literally his erased name. Twitter, yeah, erased yeah. it from my mind. Yeah, um, yeah, he's doing that Falcorn Leghorn kind of, kind of, yeah. And it, it is very like a pastiche of that. You know, it's not. It's not. I don't know if it's like particularly good, but I. It's love, a little cartoony, but it. I think yeah. it, it fits the the atmosphere. It fits the, the role perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really cool movie. Um, you know, I don't want to say so much that it's a surprise because like, you know, as a fan of Ryan Johnson's work, I kind of went into it knowing I was probably going to dig it, but I was surprised by like the twists and turns that happened. I was like, oh, I did not, I really didn't see this coming. And then the trailers do a good job of not giving so much of it away because it really is just kind of like, it's a mystery and that's all they really need to give you. It's a mystery with a dope cast. That's it. Yeah. That's That's all you need to know. Yeah. And I would recommend you go see this in theaters if you get the chance. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a good holiday movie. I think it's going to be probably it throughout, feel the, throughout like the rest of, of like a Christmas. Christmassy well, movie, it takes right? place in, in the winter. In November, I think. November, is November specifically? I, I'm, I can't remember what it is that indicates that, but I'm pretty it sure they say at some point uh, that it's... Day of birth. Yeah. I think it's post-Thanksgiving. I think they say that. Hmm. I can't remember. Anyway... Yeah. Really good flick. Um, so yeah, I think Jack and I are kind of chomping at the bit to talk about some spoilies. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, again, recommend seeing if you if you're listening to this and you're in this non-spoiler section, you're like, do I want to see this? I'm on the fence. We rec- you got you got the story screen stamp of approval from these two boys. Um, yeah. So definitely go check it out. I mean, if you've if you know anything about this movie, you probably already know who dies. So it's kind of right in there. Did you see Ready or Not this year? I sure did. Did you get some Ready or Not vibes? Oh, yeah. I was waiting to talk Ooh. about that in post-spoilers. <laughs> All right. Yes. We, will, we will get there. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad we're already on the same page. Already there. If you guys want to get on that page with us, uh, we'll be right back after this break. And we're back to talk about the spoilies. Um, how do you want to start this off, Jack? Well, I mean, we've already said, just to kind of set it up a little further, we've already said that um, Christopher Plummer plays the head of this this family. Yes. This very rich family. Uh, Harrion Thromby. 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 The Thromby family. Yes. And he turns up dead at the beginning of this movie. It is suspected to be a suicide. Um, and right off the bat, we're kind of, Anna de Armas is kind of really the focal point of the the movie she's kind of like the yeah. lead character which is in like this. interesting because i feel like she's not really in any of the 
trailers. I, she's not a face I remember from like the trailers sure. and stuff. You yeah. Know? Just for our sake, we should probably refresh our memory on her character's name. You know, we just watched this movie. Marta. They said, Marta. They say it like a million times. They do say it a lot. Um, yeah, Marta. So she is like, she's more or less like the main character. And then Daniel Craig's character, uh, who also had a cool name. What was his name? Oh, Very his French. name? Uh, it was Benoit Blanc. Benoit. Benoit Blanc. That's uh-huh. what it was. Yeah, that's BB. it. BB. BB. Yeah. I want my BB. Um, but I thought it was interesting how they shook it up with, and like, you would think that Daniel Craig would really be kind of the point of view character, but mm-hmm. really it's Anna to Armas. And that goes into what we were kind of saying pre-spoilers about the main, like, shift of what happens in this movie, which happens, like, pretty early on, like, kind of towards the end of the first which act. Which kind of makes it the twist, is that, yeah. you know, the, the inciting incident of the film is this death. This is what sets the plot into motion. Right. But where the, but where the, the head of the thrombies winds up with his throat cut. Right. Um, and everyone, it, it, and we learn even before this reveal happens, like, it's gotta be a suicide, judging by the forensics of, of the scene right. of what happened. They talk to the whole family, and there's some suspicion, but it does not seem like any of them would have committed the act, even right. though they're all kind of pieces of shit. Everybody sort of has their own little alibi. It's yeah. very, there's like, the, the cops, um, are led by Lakeith Stanfield, um, mm-hmm. are pretty ready to call this one a suicide and rule out. Yeah, judging by all, play. and they, uh, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield and Noah Sagan, or Sagan, S-E-G-A-N. He's yeah. The, he's the trooper. Yeah. They're ready to pretty much like close this case. Yeah. But then Daniel Craig's character comes in and he's he's the outside investigator. Right. Um so early on I think we need to address this early on, so we can probably talk about how we feel about the rest of the movie. But um it's revealed pretty early on that right. it was a kind of just a mistake. And Marta Presumably, yes. Yes. Marta who plays um uh the nurse She's, uh, she's like a, she's like a nurse, but she's also like, you know, everyone kind of knows that she was hired on as like a friend. She's a live-in nurse. Yeah. And it, it, it's, uh, she really, yeah, she, she plays, she, she says herself, the character says herself, mm-hmm. he needed he a needed friend. He needed a friend. Right. So they have a very close relationship. Uh, they are friends. And on the night of his birthday, after all of this, the night of his birthday, also the night of his, of his supposed suicide, uh, she is treating him with his daily dose of medication before going to bed, uh, one of which being something to, I think, was it nullify the pain of, like, a shoulder injury? Yeah. And then another it was being... a different medication, I was, want to Basically, say. there's one medication that's, like, not a big deal, and then the other one's morphine. Well, they have very different doses. She yes. gives them the wrong dosage. She gives them the wrong dosage, where, yeah. And uh, so she gives them the wrong... Doses of morphine, and mm-hmm. he's just, and they're just like, oh fuck, we can't figure this out. Oh fuck, I don't have the thing that kind of negates the effects of taking too much morphine. Right. Um, what are we gonna do? And he's like, all right, listen. Right. Here's the tea. So here's where the here's where the plot comes. This is this is what's gonna go down. And he kind of, you know, he's he's known to be this murder mystery author. Mm-hmm. So he kind of creates like the perfect alibi for her, where he's like, hey, listen, you gotta, you know, this is what we're gonna do. You gotta go leave, come back, uh, take suspicion, take suspicion away from you. So basically you have this like amazing alibi. And then, you know, before the morphine kicks in and I die, I'm going to kill myself. So it just takes all the whatever off of you. Yep. And, uh, that's kind of, you know, propels the actual plot into motion. Right. But this is kind of the thing we're talking about in the, in the spoiler free part of the podcast where we're in the sandbox. We're usually, Reveal like this, so grandeur and would so twisty, would be the end of the movie. Yes, we get it like right in the you know pretty much the, like you said the end of Act One. And instead of you know watching the detective character work his way through solving what happened here, mm-hmm. you're actually watching the person who you think is responsible trying to cover it up, trying to yeah working <laughs> working right alongside the detective and trying to cover her tracks yeah. and prevent. Uh, the actual truth from coming out, which I think is a really good way to like totally subvert the entire yeah. idea of a murder mystery. And I think also it, it, it subverts that. And then, you know, there, there is still a bigger mystery afoot yeah. that you almost don't think about until it, it I kind of had it when they revealed that so early, I was like, okay, this is cool that yeah. a, they're subverting this and, B, but also like, there's gotta be more to this. Yeah. I, I, I was I ready for them yeah. to not have anything more to it, but 
I was not that surprised when it came out to be that there was more to it. I didn't necessarily think there wasn't going to be more to it, but, you know, I was so, like, blindsided by the actual, like, shift of, like, what normally would happen. Yeah, that was, was like, surprising. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's actually going to happen. Or, like, I don't know what the next... Because, like, you know, when you when you have movies, like, in this, you know, kind of rigid genre confine, you kind of can predict the next steps. Sure. This kind of disorients you as a member of the audience. You're like, I don't even fucking know what well, they're going to do. I think that's something that Ryan Johnson was clearly conscious of from the beginning. Definitely. And if it just turned out to be, like, whom among this family is responsible for the death, that would be probably... I mean, it would still probably be a very entertaining yeah. movie, but not not... It would not give you that same kind of, like... <gasps> feel as like a true you know yeah subversive who done it. we talked about ready or not and how that movie kind of remind we we saw some commonalities at least like tonally between the movies but the thing about ready or not is that the way it's kind of designed it's like you know how it's gonna end Uh there's a few missing specifics you may not have yet but you know how it's gonna wrap up yes someone's surviving and a lot of people are dying well, you know, you look I at mean, the cover of the film, you know what's going on. Sure. I mean, the thing that there's a couple of things that drew me more or reminded me more so of sure. Ready or Not. A, they're taking they're, it t- the setting is in a, a house this mansion similar yeah. to the one that's in this movie. But also, you know, that movie is this movie and that movie definitely are about class and yeah. the class gap and wealth mm-hmm. um, and very much about. You know, the the kind of idea of, like, the self-made wealth versus wealth yeah. that is given to you. And and putting it in or from Marta's perspective and putting her against the, the backdrop of this family mm-hmm. who, it is very clear, is very greedy. And inheritance yeah. comes into play later when another big reveal is that uh, the... Uh, Marta is the sole inheritor of yes. the entire fortune mm-hmm. that uh, I'm already forgot. Thornby. It's Thornby's his last name. It's um, <clears throat> what's his first name? His first name is Harlan. Harlan. Yeah, Harlan left to to her. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then you know that <clears throat> is kind of the next wrinkle in this, where after that's revealed, the rest of the family who. Are all shitty in their own. Yeah, it's ways. like a rest of development where it's like a lovable cast of pieces of shit. You know? Yeah, and I mean that's similar in Ready or Not. Where sure. They are, uh, yeah, definitely. There, it is a movie about wealthy people trying to protect their wealth at the expense right. of someone who is born into an immigrant family. Yeah, which that's what I mean by it being very current. Is like yeah. that theme of very rich people clawing their way to continue to keep I mean, the wealth that they feel that they are entitled to. Yeah, but it's their birthright, so to yes, speak. Yeah. At the expense of someone who is a migrant. I mean, there is, like, you know, literal uh, conversations in the film between characters as they're arguing kind of about um, immigrants and how they're... Yes. Uh, there's this one one of the, the sons and his wife and their kid is, like, a little, like neo-nazi who's like you know well, they, they call so. him uh, they say he's an alt-right he's an alt-right that guy like, he didn't like the last jedi clearly yeah that guy that doesn't like that that like is that is like the surrogate of the like, last <laughs> yeah. jedi character um and he's 20, on his phone the entire movie posting on reddit and right. twitter about how much he hates the last but then you jedi. have like tony collette's character who's kind of like you know this faux liberal who mm-hmm. is just kind of like spouting what she hears and this mm-hmm. like you know you have the two conflicting shitty sides of like those arguments you know mm-hmm. yeah um and they're talking about like uh immigrants and people coming to this country and they're having just like a very like loose and hot hot conversation about it and then they ask martin to come in to kind uh-huh. of like sway the argument in some way which at that point i think you said you're like run yeah <laughs> yeah get out yeah. of here while you can it is it is traumatic for anyone who's had that kind of shitty thanksgiving right. or holiday family uh conversation mm-hmm. but it's a very interesting wrinkle to put into a movie like this it's not something you really see in uh whodunits or even like i think films dealing with class in this way to like add you know this worker class sure you know this this uh you know, immigrant to 
to the narrative and it really shakes it up in an interesting way and give, I think gives Ryan Johnson a lot more kind of like elements to play with that sure. will also like play against your expectations, you know? And that's really what I meant when I said that the, it feels like a timeless sort of murder mystery whodunit, but like the the core uh, thematic ideas that are in this movie yeah. are very much right now. Right. Um, and I think those are interesting. And I think the way that he's playing with those things and kind of what he's saying about wealth and those who have it yeah. and those what they will do to protect it mm. is very relevant. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a uh, yeah, it's a cool movie. And yeah, I just, you know, uh, I like how he was able to kind of fit this into Mm-hmm. something about you know murder mysteries i guess like you know always have that element of like the rich is always there you know and it's all about like you know inherent like all these all these elements are are, are in the the uh toy box at all times but mm-hmm. he just does it in such an interesting way that i'm always really impressed with how he kind of like deconstructs things and put them put them back together definitely you know definitely That's yeah cool. yeah and i think decon his his clever way of deconstructing those you know whatever he's working on whatever he's thinking about that ability to deconstruct that and then yeah that's what makes it so fresh because he's considered all these elements and then he's he's put his own spin on them and then put them back together in a way yeah. that is is unique mm-hmm. um i mean i think you could say the, the very same thing about the we're not gonna spend this whole podcast talking about the last i Jedi, keep i keep pushing hey, us there let's but. just say that there's a new star wars movie right around the corner that is true so it's on our minds it's on our minds because people have brought it up again yeah, they did. In a big it's way. Trending on Twitter the other day. Recently, like, I saw that. Did you see the tweet that yeah, actually yeah. kicked it off? The the poor The Last Jedi tweet? Yeah, yeah, I saw Yeah. That. Yeah. There, apparently, there's maybe some, like, other context part of that interview, but it's still not great because, you know, the greater conversation doesn't know that. I'm I'm so tired. Yeah, I know. Robert. I I'm know, so. I know. I, I've, we've been fighting this war. This war in the stars. For so long. Hey, man. Frank Oz is in this movie, and that's Yoda. So, oh right, yeah, he's the uh, the there. I think there is an actual like real name for someone who like reads the, the will. Yeah, mm-hmm. he handles the will. I did not know, know that's that's Yoda. That's really that's cool. Yoda, yeah, holy shit! Well, so he, if you got Yoda in your movie, then like someone he, he clearly made that connection during yes, yeah, Last Jedi. I'm actually kind of surprised that there were not more um, Star Wars alum. Well, I mean, judging movie. by what we saw the other day, are you? <laughs> Listen, we Oscar Isaac is a is a real one. He's a homie, I think so. Yeah. Well, he's had some quotes kind of like we just we, staring we talk about staring this. longingly into the distance, hair turned gray from frustration. <laughs> yeah. I think uh Finn and Poe probably should be in a relationship, but you know, People aren't ready, I guess. Disney's not Cowards. ready. No, people are fucking ready. Yeah, Disney's people not ready. People are shipping those two hard. Yeah. I'm glad that that part of the... Ne- I can't believe we're talking about Star Wars right now. I can't believe it. Dude. I, I'm... We're gearing up. We're going to be talking about Star we're Wars. We're talking about uh, it very soon. Get um, ready. If Last Jedi is anything to go off of, we're going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker for a sickeningly long amount of time. I just remember when we did our Last Jedi podcast. Oh, yeah. It was, so, it was it. so pure. Like, Innocence. Everyone's, everyone's going to love this movie. It's the best Star Wars movie that's ever been made. Ryan Johnson's great. Who wouldn't like Ryan Johnson? He seems great. And here we are. Now he makes this movie. And you know, it's awesome. In the last few years, Robbie, there's been a lot of uh, instances where I've gone to bed thinking one thing might happen the next day. And then I wake up and check the internet and I am sickened by results. Well, you know, maybe, Put it that way. maybe we'll have a positive one soon. We'll see. I don't know. Let's say I don't know on that one. Um, Knives Out is a great movie. Yeah, I, it, like, it's great. I uh, I think maybe one thing that we haven't talked about too mm-hmm. much is I think this movie is really funny. The movie's also, hilarious. Yes, it has a good, it has a really good energy and a really good sense of humor to it. It has a good, and I think that lends itself to like the pace. You know, yeah. I, I I I don't know how long this movie is. It's two hours. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have noticed because um, I was just like I'm very enthralled <clears throat> in this movie. We got out at about eight thirty. There was a full thirty minutes. Of advertising. You know what really, you know what's pushing those trailers over now when you have to go to a Regal and not Story Screen Beacon Theater and Beacon New York located on 445 Main Street? Go on. Is they add in like, hey, be a part of our Regal rewards right, program. Right, that's like the first 10 minutes. That's like, no, but they do that at the 
end of all the trailers, uh-huh. and then you have to get the bullshit like I'm Olivia Wilde, and I don't know. I'm who the these... director of Booksmart, yeah. which came out six months ago, and, and yes, here I am. Where still. I am talking to the camera is not filmed. Where these two students who made this dumb piece of shit even mm-hmm. are, and it's all bad. Um, the visual effects were amazing. The visual, we have to see it together next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's like ten minutes right there, and then there's twenty minutes of trailers. To varying degrees of there were quality. Some, there were some good trailers in there. I thought the trailers were some good cool. trailers in there. There were also some not so good trailers. What's that horror movie that's coming out in 2020? That's, that's the like, first I've heard of it. Yeah, what was that called? Uh, it cool. It's an A. It's a weird name. Yeah, it's from the producers of Get Out and Us. Yeah, but they say that for anything. I know, well, because they... they, they like, you're anything like, Blumhouse, they say... The, I think what is it, Mama had like yeah, yeah. from the directors or from the producers of Get Out. Yeah. Like I don't know about this. Can't trick. They're me. gonna they're gonna ride that one out forever. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think uh, part of what adds to the nuances or like uh, modernness of the film is kind of like the the ways that they try and like debunk the mystery. Yeah, you know they're using things like. Toxology reports, right? Video, mm-hmm. um, forensic data, and like I like how those things like can still exist, but like it doesn't like cut through the mystery too much, right? They like, all it, pretty much amount to nothing. They amount to yeah, they're all like you know falsified. They can be falsified or or various degrees of like can be shifted in other ways, and I and I like that also. The one thing that I did have a feeling was going to happen was going to mm-hmm. turn up was that that toxicology report was going to turn out to be. No morphine. So did you do you you kind of knew that the things were switched? I didn't know why, but I just had a feeling that that toxicology report was so gonna turn up. I thought that thing. like earlier, but then as the film was going, I was like, well, I I feel like you know that's I don't know, but you know the, the movie does a really good job of like you know having and this is like good screenwriting is when you know you have elements that you've the seeds that you've dropped in the earlier parts of the film grow and they come back sure. into the fold later in the film and like you know this movie does a really good job of doing it with like props phrases things like that from mm-hmm. coffee cups to fake knives to callbacks callbacks like this the movie fake knife callback was very good it's very good and very like christopher Plummer says earlier in the movie about i can't tell the difference between a stage no no knife he can't it. he's saying for ransom specifically he's like the boy can't even tell, tell the, the difference. difference between a stage knife and a real knife yes where he kills himself with a real knife and then um, Ransom can't do it. Uh, he grabs, he grabs, he grabs the a stage prop knife, knife to right. try to stab Anna de Armas um, and Marta. I feel like we also didn't talk about uh, Marta's like lie detector reflux, which I think is like very funny. Fucking, it's and it's brill- very clever. It's brilliant it's very clever. because it's like it's such a e- it's it's so on the nose and it's such a very like easily understood like device mm-hmm. to have in the movie. And you, there's so much like fun you can have with it, yep. and it keeps. Just being fun, you know. And I will say, I think Chris Evans is very good in this movie as well. He's such a yeah. smarmy prick, but he's really good at being a smarmy prick. Like I was listening, that, him that in, charm in, is like on the nice well, edge between Captain America and Captain America is a departure from his other roles. True, you know, because like you know, in Scott Pilgrim, he's a piece of shit. True, in Snowpiercer, he's a good guy, but he's like grimy. He's kind of he kind of just does. He is a tour de force. Yes. Yes. And then um, in Fantastic Four, you know, he's he's like the cocky flame on guy. Sorry, what's that? Fantastic Four. It's about four uh, members of a family who get injected or they become space. Uh-huh. There's a stretchy. Is it a comic book movie? It's a Marvel movie. Uh, oh, it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, it was before it, there were good No, Marvel but Chris movies. Evans is Captain America. No, 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 no. In this Marvel movie, there's there's Mr. Stretchy played by someone I don't remember. There's the invisible um, wife. The invisible wife. <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic, classic Fantastic Four character. A trope. There's uh-huh. uh, Rockman, and then there's Slamon. Wow. And then eventually you... And so, wait, Chris Evans plays one of these Marvel characters? He plays Slamon. But how can that be? He's already a different Marvel character. Well, you know, there's been some time that passed. He's grown, and then they they didn't care, I guess. And also, there's a, Makes no divi- sense there's a divide. There's the I Fox. Don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. get it. I can't make you understand. I, yeah, I, I choose can, not to. Ransom's character is also good. And, and, you know, his name's Ransom. Uh-huh. He, it receives kind of a, a suspicious he, name. 
very suspicious, but it still plays into it because, like, you know, I'm sure he's influenced by the idea of, like, <coughs> his grandfather writing these murder mysteries. Sure. I, that's how I read into the character. Sure. Why not? And that works. But it's funny that he kind of gets, like... There's blackmail in this movie. And he gets, like, the first, like, ransom note, you uh-huh. know? And it's it's good. There's a lot of just, like, really smart, but I don't think anything, like, too on the nose. And if it is, it's, like, loud and it's proud. It's just clever. And it's yeah. it's clever with, like, a good sense of humor. Like, a, a, um, a lighthearted sense of humor to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love the energy. It of never the movie. gets too serious. I think is what makes it more fun. Like yeah. th- by the very virtue of how ridiculous Daniel Craig's accent is, it kind of gives it more of that tone Agreed. of like this is. It's like you said, it's got good energy to it. It's, and that's kind of why I liked uh, Orient Express because like sure. yeah, that, that's not a movie that's like particularly amazing, right? But like it has such a playful energy to it that like you you were it's fun to watch. Yes, you know? I mean that you know it's. They're, it's it's a kind of a game, you know. They, they reference that directly. Yeah, like this is yes. and and it is meta in the sense that um, Christopher Plummer's character is a mystery writer. Yeah. So like it's all like this is his show. I kind of thought maybe they were going to go in the direction where like he he's the master of his he design. faked his own death. Well, and, when when you see the one character um, who's like the housekeeper, I think Fran's her name. Yeah, uh, I was almost just like, is that him there or something <laughs> like? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I also had an, uh, a suspicion that it's like, did he just Architect do all this, this as yeah, like a yeah. final game? Yeah. Because he says like, uh, you know, he, he's getting old. He's 85. And yeah. he's like, oh, I just want to put on like my own little spin to like before I go, like one last yeah. kind of thing. And also he wants to do something for the for the betterment of his family. Um, right. And even, you know, by his own words as well, his own doctrine is like, this is better for you. You don't like know it yet, you know. Uh-huh. And everyone like the whole family says that to ransom when they think that he's the only one not getting the inheritance, and it's then it's moment. and then everyone has it, and it's like, no, he meant all of you, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I also think it, it's more interesting to have him develop this, you know, clever, amazing, intricate way for uh, Marta to have the perfect alibi, right? Than for him just to be the grandmaster of his suicide, yeah, you know? sure. And I for mean, for him to kind of like on the spot figure it out, right? And also, like he architected that he was giving his fortune to her before any of this happened. That is true. Well, the timing was... worked out to be fortunate in her case. Yes, that's that's the suspension of disbelief. Although that, yeah. none of this would have happened. The timing works out because he tells Ransom that he is not giving him any of the inheritance. And that's, yeah, what, that's, true. that's what causes Ransom to switch the vials. And that's what causes Marta to think that she switched the vials. Right. And, yeah. So, like, so. the timing works out on purpose. But this movie, it's just, it just, it's a nice, really nice little puzzle. It all fits together really nicely. Yeah. And all the cogs that are working as far as, like, performances, um, you know, the music. Doesn't really stand out to me, but it's like very, really serviceable. I think, there, for I think the, there are moments where it really stands out, like yeah. the ending tune where it's like really jazzy. I was like, oh, I kind of wish this was more of the music kind of throughout. Um, but yeah, the music is serviceable otherwise. My there are some is, crescendos. My point is, all the pieces like fit together yeah. to make this a very good movie, a very entertaining mm. movie, a very well crafted movie. Yeah, overall, for, for something that's so deconstructed and put back together, he puts back together something that resembles what was broken in the first place yeah you know which uh but it's also unique and fresh and it's exactly and i think you know that that's with the divisiveness of some of his work it's something that he does all the time in his sure. movies and it's to, to varying successes i think for us every time's a hit but you know the divisiveness comes from him deconstructing and then reconstructing things that people are very precious about and are not willing to have deconstructed sure. and don't like it when that thing that they're really, hey, you took apart my toy and then put it back together in a way that I don't like because it looks a little different than the way yeah. I pictured it in my mind. Well, it's like, I don't know, you talk to someone they're like, oh, well, like, Brick is like stupid because like, why would a character do that? I'm like, it's not about the realism of this world. It's about the what if of this world. Yeah. You know, something. And then like, you know, with Star Wars, like. It's called fantasy. It's called storytelling. Yeah. And no. sometimes people just don't like it when um, the fantasy aspects of the, the series they like are just, you know, done by women. Well, that's a whole... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a lot of the people out themselves in yeah. their opinions on Well, I think things. she's kind of a Mary Sue. Yeah. 
You're playing um, yourself. My I think friend. Hitler had some good ideas. What the fuck? <laughs> mm. Listen, we're not equating those two things. I am. Okay, fair enough. If you, <laughs> whatever, you're gonna get yourself in more and more trouble here. No one, fucking, I'm, I'm about to. I want you guys, if you're listening to this, to reach out to us oh and talk to God, us more often. Robbie. If I have to call you out on some weird shit to get you to be like, you know what, Robbie, you're a piece of shit. I'm like, well, at least you're my audience. All right. Unless you really like don't like ladies in film or in Star Wars, then get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> don't talk to me about The Last Jedi. I'm fucking over it. Don't talk I to don't me about The Last Jedi if you want to be like, this movie's really good. I'm like, hell yeah, my boy. Or don't talk to me about it either way. I've already had all those conversations. Or non-binary. I'll talk to all. Y- I'll talk to all of y'all about Last Jedi if we're all having a good conversation about it. There's some real critiques against that movie. None of them are the ones people talk about. Yep, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Yep, I agree. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, we're getting is that, towards- it, for, is that it for Knives Out? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Poor fucking Ryan Johnson. He's out there making these good-ass movies, and yeah. yet still all we can talk about is that goddamn Star Wars movie. I want him to make that Star Wars trilogy to really stick it to the to everyone. Yeah. Did. But I also kind of like, I'm like, yo, man, maybe you should just get out and make more maybe movies like Knives Out. Maybe movies like Knives Out. Exactly. I am kind of down for that, because I'm, I'm fine with Disney's either... not going to let him just do... Have the freedom. Well, now it seems like that. Before, it was a fucking miracle. Know. It was like, a fucking miracle that he had the freedom to do what he did with the Last Jedi. You know what I'm fucking so ha- glad. You know what fucking happened though is because when he was making Last Jedi, I'm sure all those Disney suits were just like, "This is actually like." They were being honest. They're like, "This is actually really fucking cool." You're doing some things we didn't expect. That's awesome. Then the movie comes out, and then it's very divisive. And they're like, "Oh, oh, we actually like didn't really like the things." That- you remember that Nathan Fielder episode where he like has the people in the van and they're all like like in the van and he's uh-huh. like he's like oh like like dress me up like the way you think I, I should look if I'm going into this like meeting or something. They're like, yeah, wear a V neck that's like way down here, oh, wear yeah. these chains, uh-huh. wear this blazer and stuff. Then he does it and they're like, Yeah, you know, the V neck kinda is not that good. Yeah. And he's like, I asked you guys to dress me this way and then they're like negating it, you know? I feel like that's what happened with that movie. From Disney? like a corporate level. Again, we talked about Finn and Poe. Cowards. Fools. Cowards. Brilliant business strategists. Well, there's a lot of market data that allows them to make those tra- strategical decisions. Yeah, that's true, but they've also made billions of dollars this year. Yes. Billions. Um, and then fired the visual studio that did the fucking Lion King and also redid the Sonic. Uh, is that the same studio that did uh-huh. Lion King and Sonic? They I knew it was on the Sonic. Lion King. And Sonic, and now they, right before Christmas, are fired because the studio shut down, even though The Lion King made like a billion dollars. Listen, folks, it's tough out there. The rich people don't care about you, even if you're putting all your work in. Don't get suckered in. Enjoy some movies this year with your friends and family. We love you. Signed, Story Screen. That's a good bit. Um, fuck capitalism. Fuck capitalism. Support the things you like. Like stuff. Enjoy um, art. Have fun. Enjoy your family. Do a, gra- your do a graffiti. Don't do a graffiti. Do a graffiti. Maybe do a graffiti. Who's gonna stop? Banksy does all the graffiti, and people love I, that it's, shit. It's you know, do a graffiti. Don't do a graffiti on like this, this on like someone's like there's, panini shop. Well, Mom, grandpa and grandpa's panini shop. You know that don't like brick that. alleyway that goes through my parking lot. Someone did like a real shitty tag like on that. See, yeah. See, uh, fair, fair. It's go graffiti a fucking Walmart or something. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, graffiti. <laughs> that's the story screen message. Graffiti Walmart. Yeah. Hashtag Graffiti Walmart. We're, now we're just fucking rambling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the Knives Out. I like Knives Out a lot. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Jack. And Thanks for having me. Anytime. Uh, this is your house. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hot Takes. Uh, we're not the only podcast on StoryScreen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host to many uh, types of film content. Try Kai 9 Try Kai 9 check, check that out. out. Uh, it's about the best films of 1999, hosted by a rotating cast of Bernadette Gorman-White, Diana DeMuro, and Linda Codega. 
They're all great folks, and that is a very cool podcast to listen to, so please go check that out if you're interested in the one of the best years in film. That's uh, a good one. There's also um, going to be a new Catherine Ray cast in, in the chamber soon. Yes, about one of my favorite pieces of media. Or no, wait, this is the other one that you're doing. That one we recorded. I have one. not seen this. It could be my favorite. Piece we of recorded media. one for living with yourself. I don't think it's going to be your favorite piece of media, but it's solid. Yeah, well, check that out. Also, uh, Linda Codega, uh, they have uh, written a piece on Knives Out that will also be out orbiting when this podcast is out oh, as well. Nice so please, yeah, so check that out too. Check out all the content we have on StoryScreenBeacon.com. Um, and then, if you're interested in seeing movies. Of course you can go to Netflix on your TV. Hey, there's some good things on Netflix. Some great things. I really like Marriage Story. Um, We really like The Irishman. We really like The Irishman. Irishman's cool. Um, Of course you can go on Amazon Prime. You can watch High Life. That's free on Amazon Prime. You should really watch High Life. Have you watched High Life yet? High Life is cool. I told you I watch High Life. High Life is cool. You tell me you watch a lot of things. I can't always keep track of it. There's a lot of bodily fluids in Uh, my life. I'm not sure if I'm into that. But uh, of course you can go on Hulu. You can watch Hail Satan, a really cool documentary about the Satanic Temple that I really enjoyed. You can also watch, I think, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, if that's on there, definitely check that out. But I would say the number one place to watch movies in the area. Tell me. Is it's at 445 Main Street in Beacon, New York. It's the Story Screen Beacon Movie Theater. Wow. Uh, it's a place that I work. Uh, so I can pour you a popcorn. We can talk about a movie. Uh, if you want a beer, we got beer. Wow. I love beer. Jack loves beer. Everyone loves beer. Unless Not you don't everyone drink. loves beer. Yeah, but you can get a Twix. Um, there's also seltzer. $1 seltzers. $1 seltzers. So come on down to Story Screen Beacon. Uh, buy a seltzer. See a movie. Also, there's your want- ad right there. We just cut it. Cut this out, slap it in anywhere snip. you need it. There's snip, your ad. Snip, snip, boom, snip, boom, snip, boom. Snip, snip, snip. Uh, buy a fucking t-shirt. You can do that online. You can do that at the store, at the at the place I work. Robbie's falling apart here. I had a burp that the is capitalism in my nose. is just killing Robbie. The, <laughs> the capitalism killing is, him. It's killing all of us, Jack. All of us, strangling us. Um. Yeah. So you know, support Marxism. Thank you for listening to Stories. Well, Street. I mean, you know. Hey man, what I mean, or some kind of you know democratic socialist policy. Uh, vote the Green New Deal. Just be just be kind to each other. We'll start there and go from there. Yeah, whatever you want. Graffiti at Walmart. Uh, thank you so much for listening, Jack. Thank you again so much for joining me. Uh, check out all of our content. Feel free to talk to us. You can follow me at Rob A. Bay. Uh, that's R O B A E B A E on Instagram and Twitter. That's also where we have story screen content. And uh, Jack, you don't like to <laughs> story- say underscore screen, screen underscore beacon for on Instagram. Instagram. And then you go to Twitter, you, you look up story I don't know. Screen. Maybe we'll try to get back into Twitter on with story screen. I'd love to. It's a lot. <clears throat> Twitter's a rough place. Um, it's not. <laughs> Last Jedi. It's, it's out there. All right. Uh, thanks again. And happy holidays. You know, there might be another one coming out before that. But happy, I'll say they, happy holidays. Robbie, they've time. already turned this off. We've been rambling happy for like 10 minutes now. holidays. Bye. Peace. Um, yeah, I watched <clears throat> Marriage Story. Uh, and I really liked it. I like all the memes about it, except for the ones where people are just like, this movie is bad. I'm just yeah. like, hey, you haven't fucking seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well, people are like, I haven't even watched that one clip that people are keep sharing. If you watch it out of context. Because I don't want to watch it out of context because right. I want to see that movie. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, definitely but recommend I've seen, it. I've seen that meme template, which is a good template. I like it. It is, it is a good and template I, for me. Did you yes. see the one that is somebody combined the... Orange County Choppers one. With yeah, they're the like, it's, it's the same, it's the same meme format. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's good. It is good. But yeah, Marriage Story is... I cried so much during it. It's very powerful. And I, my parents are not even divorced. Yeah. They are right. together. Right. And I've also never gotten divorced. Right. Right. Well, I'm married now. So yeah, so hey. That's a potential outcome who, for me. Who knows? I don't think so, but... You'll see. <laughs> hope not. Um, yeah. Marriage Story is good. I think it's going to probably cut me deep. Honey Boy cut me deep. Honey Boy, it's funny because Burge, Burge is saying he saw it yesterday and he was just like, I had so much relation to it for mm-hmm. various reasons and he and he really connected with it. Um, and I really liked Honey Boy, but I didn't have the same 
Um, I don't think I had the same like reaction that everyone did. I'm not sure because like I saw it after like you and Burn, who were very like, yeah, this is the shit. Well, we might might have put the expectation in your head. Maybe it's like, I definitely fun. felt emotional. Like I, I definitely, it's on my top list. It's like I think it's in my top five movies right now. Oh really? Like, I, okay. I loved it. Yeah, but. Um, I just thought about it, like, the whole time I was watching it, I thought about mm-hmm. it in context of, like, Shia LaBeouf and kind of the, like, outside perspective that we've had on Shia LaBeouf's life, yeah. especially in the five years, and just thought, like, oh, Shia, no, oh, no, Yeah, man. no, he's been through the ringer, it seems like. Yeah. I it, always, like, I really like his, uh, I think his Hot Ones interview is, like, my favorite it's, Hot Ones it's, interview. Because it, he's so down to earth. That one and the Paul Rudd one are probably tied for my two favorite Hot Ones. They're really good. I like so many of them, though. But I, those have to be, like, the top tier. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Oh, it, all, yeah. it all depends on who your who your boy is. No doubt those it. two are yeah. our top tier. Yeah. They're they're very good. Yeah. Um, but, like, everything that Shia LaBeouf went through in the past few years has made so much more sense after seeing that movie and just being, like... Oh, you're like this because your your <coughs> life is fucked up. Yeah, because you have had to deal with trauma. This is fucked that up. Dates, you that dates back generations. You literally have PTSD. Yeah. yeah, and it makes you and you don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And also, like you know, I really like how it deals with the tropes of like uh, artists being afraid to get rid of their pain for mm-hmm. fear that they won't be able to like fuel their art. Yeah, you know. And yeah. I, I like that the movie. T- I like when stories like kind of touch on that aspect of it because it is a really like toxic and. Uh, kind of old sensibility, you know, because a lot of times you yeah. talk to a lot of artists, they're like, Oh, I went to therapy and then I really started putting out my best work, yeah, because I was able to manage myself, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is some of Shia's best work, absolutely, and in a way, it's therapeutic for him to do it, yeah, like this. I would say so, even if even if 50% of what is in that movie is true, mm-hmm. if you have 10% of what's in yeah. that movie is true, which I, I think it's a lot more than that, it's still, yeah, I agree still a lot it's a good movie Very there's some there's some good movies coming out this year this has just been a took good a, year man yeah. it, it took some time it took some time I think a lot of the I think you have to look a little harder for the good movies which is maybe yeah. the, I mean was it 2017 is when it was like the year of like the blockbuster where we had like Baby Driver and stuff where it's like yeah. these have wide releases and they're amazing yeah you know yeah a lot of the best stuff has been under the radar a little bit harder to come by yeah yeah. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready to do this. Uh, it's your turn to uh, cool. host. Let's do it. <laughs> 